You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Oh my, do we have a recap week for you. Because we boldly predicted, it's been going around, bold predictions not going real well. The week 11 would be an uneventful formality of a weekend. Oh lo, college football and life and fate, you have proved us wrong again. We have so many things to discuss to join me to discuss all of those things. Jason Kirk, college football editor, live from beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia. Say hi. You're fucking kidding me. That's that's awesome. <laughs> we did the insults of the, the drop. G-boonk. Like I was saying, welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast, brought to you by only the finest of internets, a.k.a. whatever Jason's hooked up to in the Cobb County Library System down the street. Hi, Jason. How are you? Oh, hey. What, what, what happened? What did, what, what did you hear? I don't know. You tell us. Because we were, <laughs> I have one thing I want to discuss. But, but what, what do you want to discuss coming out of an eventful, upset, plentiful weekend of college football? Well, as um, Spencer and I tried to tell the listener on our recording last week, this was going to be a monumental weekend of college football. This was what we what we assured you. Um, we told you it would be great, filled with great games, big games, um, and probably probably the best week of the season. I'm I, I recall um, you and I saying that to each other, and boy, did it deliver! Just uh, it, exactly as we predicted. Yes, because we called it Ass Week. Not because yeah. it was going to be filled with ass and ass of tasting. No, no, no. We called it Ass Week because ass is great. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's phenomenal. It's a great part of the body. Keeps a lot of people motivated. Ryan Nanny joining us from Brooklyn. Hey, uh, what, what do you want to talk about before we get too deep into this? Um, boy, I, I know we're not talking about politics here on the full cast, but I just want to, you know... As a Stanford fan, we've always been job creators. And usually that has to do, you know, that's in the tech industry, medical technology, uh, aerospace. But this time, we're creating a job in Eugene, Oregon. And I I feel pretty good about that. Go Cardinal. I have one game I want to discuss first. One game above all others. And it is... Iowa!
Brian, can you loop that so it goes on <laughs> I about was... minutes longer? <laughs> Most important football program oh, in the United States. Just as, just as, just I'm as actually, we all... I'm actually going to put that over the call on me uh, instrumental. <laughs> you mean Valerie? Wait. <laughs> the Steve yeah. Winwood? Yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. Valerie, yeah. No, you put Coluzzi! Ron Coluzzi! The most important player for the Iowa Hawkeyes, if you did not see it. Oh, Michigan. <laughs> Michigan lost to Iowa. First of all, I know you, we're, all, we're all cool with it, and we're just normalizing it right now. I don't want you to do that. This Iowa team that got spanked by Penn State just a week prior came back and won a 14-13 matchup over the previously undefeated Michigan Wolverines. And in doing so, by the way, got 14 points in the most Iowa fashion imaginable. How did they get 14 points, Jason? Um, two came on a safety. Because <laughs> you're goddamn right they did. Which that, that's when um, the game was over, by the way. When Iowa got a safety, I thought, oh, <laughs> you're in such danger. Michigan. Oh, no, it's, it's Iowa's force multiplier. They activated. Well, we, we knew uh, Michigan was in trouble because once you see 10, you say, oh, shit, they're three field goals away from 11. And as we all know, once Iowa reaches 11, they've won per an Internet video that you can look up and try to find because, I don't know, it's hard to find. I'll include it. Okay, good. It was Chris Hassel's immortal imitation of the Iowa announcing crew calling a victory over Penn State where they did indeed get 11 and, and the imitation of color commentator at the time, Gary Dolphin, is they needed 11, Gary! They got 11! As we all know, whenever Iowa hits 11 points, the game is over, even if, you know, there's residual points and Michigan scores a few more meaningless ones, and then Iowa scores a few more meaningless ones as well. Once they, once they hit 11, the game was in hand, and uh, Iowa's first half offense we put up like a joke post about this, that their punter was their best offensive weapon in the first half. Um, and when I say kind of a joke, I mean not a joke at all, because <laughs> this man um, ran a fake punt uh, and, you know, didn't get it. Turf Monster got him, somersaulted face first, somehow caught a targeting hit that set Michigan's next drive back 15 yards. That's 15 right there. Next drive. <laughs> recorded two straight running into the punter penalties that strung that drive along. No points resulted from any of this, but it's a, it's a field position game, and in true Iowa fashion, um, you know, it, it, it all sort of amounted to eventually a safety. And uh, yeah, man, you want to talk about the most Iowa of all time? This was it. This was without question. This was. This is why you extend Kirk Ferentz decades at a time. What really, what really is the cherry on the Sunday for me? The man who did this is a college student whose name is Ron. <laughs> that's a twenty-year-old named Ron. <laughs> dude, dude, how do you get that kind of licensing? You can't be called Ron until you're at least forty-five. You should, yeah. You usually have to have a divorce and a serious workman's comp claim before you can be a Ron. But he's doing it now. He's ahead of the curve. Weren't Ron you married curve. Weren't you married to Darla Ronald? Hey, hey, it's, it's Ron. That was, that was Ron. a long time. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, that, was when, picks, though. That, that was when I was a ro- wild Ronnie. I've settled down. Yeah, I'm I'm now Ron. That's what it says on my business cards for this pool cleaning business. Ron Coluzzi. You should know this by the way. Ron Coluzzi not only did he draw a crucial penalty Okay, not only did he punt brilliantly all night, he was great, as he should be. Getting more and more pumped. That's how I knew, besides the safety, that this was over. Because Ron Coluzzi uh, had 282 yards punting, and after every single punt, just got more and more hype. Like, that's like the crowd The crowd at Kinnick Stadium is based entirely on the punter's attitude. And he was, like, fist-pumping like hell. And all these Iowa people are, like, getting completely insane because they're like, yeah, punter's pumped. The punter's pumped. We're alive. He set up the safety. <laughs> all right, he averaged 47 yards a punt. He did a lot of important fist-pumping. And if I can point to one thing that, to give you, like, 
in case you doubt that this was the most important player on the field, who held the winning field goal? That would be Holder, uh-huh. Ron Coluzzi. All excellent. The go- golden fantastic. finger, we call him. The golden, the golden finger. The human T, Ron Coluzzi. Um, can we talk about the uh, the real winners of this game, though? And that's Iowa fans who got drunk, according to the University of Iowa's Department of Public Safety. Uh, we've got we've got one young man who was arrested at six o'clock. Uh, he approached a police officer to give him a high five, and the ob- <clears throat> and the officer saw he was obviously intoxicated. After the officer told him he needed to behave, he disagreed with the officer. He had a po- <laughs> I'm reading verbatim off of the, this uh, police report. He had a .23 BAC. Uh, it gets better. Let's see. There is Patricia. She's 46. She was arrested at 630. She was found having an odor of alcohol on her breath and slurred speech and was and refused to leave the stadium when asked to do so by a police officer. She subsequently called the police officer a racial epithet. She had a 1.14 BAC. Uh, well, let's see. That's an amazing series of events. That's... We're not even we're not even halfway there. Ross, 20, from Las Vegas, Nevada, was arrested. 20-year-old named Ross. Uh-huh. Was arrested a little bit before uh, 7 o'clock. He was found on the sideline without a credential. When the officer confronted him, <laughs> he produced a general admission ticket. Security told the officer he had a can of beer earlier. He refused a breath test. Um, mm, I'm going to skip smart. the next one because it's my favorite. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, – I'm going to – one guy – the story's not interesting. Clayton, 21-year-old, blew a .31. Woo! Yeah. Um, and, okay. Here's my favorite. This is Michelle. This is the story of Michelle. Michelle's 35. She's an hi, Iowa... Hi, hi, Michelle. She's an Iowa native. She was arrested at 7.18 in the evening. Mm. <clears throat> she had slurred speech. She spoke in incoherent sentences. And she believed she was in Ames, Iowa, at the Iowa State versus Arizona football game. A game, a, a game with, which our colleague Brian Floyd has p- pointed out has not been played in 48 years. How old is she? She's 35 and she blew a point two two five. She went like six years before her own her own birth. Yes, That's how drunk yes, she got. Yes, she, she, incredible. <laughs> she got so she got so drunk. She ended up not only in the wrong city but in the wrong decade. Hey, ask me if Iowa State won that game in 1968 against Arizona. No, I don't no. need to. They didn't. Nope, no. no, they lost 21 to 12. Yep, <laughs> they got palindrome. <laughs> So that's how you know it was a good night for Iowa. The arrest report was popping. Mm. Yes. Good. Man. Yes. You did it, (laughs) Iowa. Elevens all across the board. Uh, Literally breathtaking night (laughs) in Iowa City. (laughs) Man, does does anyone get drunker than some like mumbling dude from Iowa when Iowa wins a game by one point and it involves a safety. Like, oh, this, ho- this hoodie's coming off tonight. You might see the t-shirt. It's going to be crazy. I, I would uh, like my to... Favorite thing, my ahead. favorite thing about this game is that um, Ohio State got to watch Michigan lose, which, yay, that's fun, and then look up at the standings and realize... That was actually pretty bad for us. That was not because now they're now they're way They're three way tiebreaker, which would have made Ohio State Michigan the Big Ten East title game. Now that's gone. So now Ohio State needs Penn State to lose to either of the Big Ten's two worst teams, Michigan State or Rutgers. Um, so which, for Michigan, which, which, this on. was really this was they really s- a win because they got to see Ohio State uh, lose. As the result of a Michigan loss, Jim Harbaugh's playing chess, man. He knows mm-hmm. he's three moves ahead of you. That safety was intentional. It really wasn't. Actually, it, it really wasn't. They just got slammed in the back of the end zone. I would like what to discuss. What would it take for Jim Har- Harbaugh to like intentionally lose a game? What if would, told, what would if, the stake if, have to if, be? if you told him it was a win? That's all you have to do. 
Yeah. Just convince Jim Harbaugh that the goal of the game is to lose, and he'll lose as hard as he can. He'll lose the shit out of that game. He'll he'll have his previously excellent offense only score what thirteen points. We should we should also note that uh, if you're if you're an Ohio State fan looking to Michigan State or Rutgers for help, yeah, based on uh, Michigan State forty nine Rutgers zero this weekend, I think you should put all your eggs into one green basket. <laughs> Rutgers is bad. Oh, which they, it's is it one hundred and twenty seven to nothing? Their score against the state of Michigan this year. I think that was the number we we came up with, but something like that. The good news is they don't have to play Western Michigan because they're oh god, nowhere, they're nowhere near a bowl game. Uh, yeah, shit. Uh, we, Eastern we, we, is going to a bowl. Central's going to a bowl. This mm-hmm. could be a five five zero sweep. I was going to say there's not some sort of state law that kicks in where they have to play the next best team for Michigan if they lose to everybody, right? There's nothing. Keep going. Yeah. How did this get <laughs> written into New Jersey law? Beat. Rutgers lost to a Mich- Michigan high school and not even like a really good one. <laughs> Cast Tech 17, Rutgers 0. Dude, they lost to the Lions. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. The Lions are good this year. It's weird. Are they? No, it's fine. Yeah. They're never good. The Lions can the Lions can have sixteen and zero, and I'd be like, man, they're crap. They're gonna blow but, this. But, what I understand is the Lions they moved into first place today because all their rivals lost. Can you confirm? Uh, that is roughly correct. Yeah. So they are the okay. Alabama. I mean, that's, they, they're that's, the Alabama of the uh, the that's the SEC West, and they're Alabama. Okay. Okay. But, well, but, you put it like but, that. Okay. But if we're gonna talk about long haired. Puffy faced quarterbacks. It's time to talk about Georgia Auburn. Yes, the heir the heir to the keg throne that is being a floppy haired kind of puffy Jacob young Eason, man playing quarterback. Jacob, in the first half, Jacob Eason got his helmet knocked off on a very brutal looking sack. Um jogged off the field because that was third down. And he, man, Jacob Eason looks so much like a roadie. Just, just absolutely looks like he's ready to pack up a drum kit and and head straight <laughs> for Topeka or wherever the next stop on this tour is, man. I think he's got a really nice tan. He does. Do you guys man. think so? He does. This is the this Georgia team definitely resembles most the band of convenience that you see in a lot of high school talent shows i.e they have a guy with long hair who listens to jam music they have a hipster rodrigo blankenship who's obviously very picky even about the indie rock that he listens to and how he listens to it along with the five rap albums he buys a year just to you know kind of be in the mix and then um and then there's nick chubb right because they're like and they have and they have bryce ramsey the guy who wanted to be lead vocals but is a surprisingly good bass guitar player yeah, sure. We'll just 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 put them on there, right? Uh, and then they just kind of play at talent shows. That's this Georgia team in a nutshell. And you should know this too that if you didn't watch this game, we're going to bring you up to speed on what happened. Nothing, like a whole lot. There was it was seven seven, and then Georgia kicked two field goals. That's where Georgia's at, by the way. They're very excited about kicking two field goals with a guy with glasses. Do you know what the last time anyone who looked like an absolute nerd? was favored by anybody in the state of Georgia? Never. Like, maybe one of those super racist governors who wore horn rims, but even then, that was in at the time. That's oh, it. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're throwing it back to less dramatics. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Horace Grant is from Georgia. He, he was born in Augusta. Horace Grant. Okay. We'll cl- yeah, we'll claim Horace Grant. Okay, sure. Claim all right. Horace Grant all day long. <laughs> that was the last I, um, kind of Horace Grant is like, what, 6'6"? Six, six? powerfully built definitely like the glasses aren't the impediment there right no 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 no. yeah you should horace grant's 610 horace grant's a big dude yeah you can wear glasses the last dude who looked like this much of a nerd who was this beloved by university of georgia football fans was lester maddox i'm gonna go with like the lead singer of third day the christian rock band he wears glasses, <laughs> as I understand. Um, my favorite thing about this game was the winning score was a touchdown scored by the cornerback who left Alabama to Nick Saban's dismay and uh, would end up with the score that gave the division to Alabama. It was like all along Saban's like, oh, no, don't go to Georgia. No, no. He, he knew all along. Saban knew all along. He sent Kirby over there to beat Auburn so he wouldn't have to. 
He probably G'day. actually he probably did this so he could go ahead and clinch early so he could scream at the media all week ahead of Western Carolina who or whoever they play. Um, Chattanooga, just I believe. I think it's the Mox. Sure. Whichever. Yes, the Mox. Sorry, Sorry Mox. But yeah, he, is... he just wants to be able to get as mad at the media as possible, which requires clinching as early as possible. Auburn functioning only as a run team, which is easy for Georgia to stop, evidently. Only got like 127 yards rushing. Sean White is still the starting quarterback at Auburn. Sean White does not have a functioning shoulder. It, it, yeah, it came out after the game that Sean White was hurt and he kind of kept it to himself. And I mean, that's not a surprise. They got, I, what was it? One first down in the whole second half? No first down? I think it's none. I believe the number is zero. Through yeah. for through for twenty seven yards on twenty on twenty attempts. That's that's mm-hmm. the confusing mm-hmm. thing is that I understand you know Sean White's hurt, Cameron Petwave's hurt too. I mean, so you're you are automatically stuck with two bad options, but then you decide that your run pass ratio is going to be thirty two to twenty two. I mean, I just ooh ah. Choices yeah, he, they. Uh, if you like, Sean White was short arming three yard throws. That's how injured he is. Would you pull the red shirt from Woody Barrett? You might have to. You might have to pull a Hugh Freeze and start your treasured young quarterback because Auburn has very few options at this point. Oh, that, but if they is if, that. If, is if, that if, can I? Can I? Is that worthwhile? Like, is nah. that? Is that? Gonna... I was about. To, I was about to go ahead and advance this discussion uh-huh. to. Yeah. Well, well, who's who would Woody Barrett have to play? <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't do this. Don't do that, man. He'd have to play Alabama. Don't. No. No. That's no. not. That's not cool. Just, I mean, just let Gus get back there and run the, run the run snap it. Snap it to Gus. Have him put on the leather helmet from the Chick-fil-A game. Have Gus run the ball. That's let, Listen, let Gus run it because, uh, you know, at least he's being paid. I'm not, I'm not throwing anyone out there for free to take that kind of abuse. I mean, oh. I mean, Alabama faced somebody making his first career start already once this season in Max Brown, and he's not the starter anymore. So, like, no. No. Don't do that. Yeah, you you play quarterback against Bama. He's spent. You only get to use that guy once. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened to Steven Garcia. Done. <laughs> Beat him once. Don't get to do anything else for the rest of your life. That's Alabama, funny. Alabama. it should be noted, the nation's number one team, increasingly irrelevant to the sport of college football because they just do things like play Mississippi State, win 51-3, and we don't actually get to talk about them. Like, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts said a rookery in like 100 yards and 300, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Have they Alabama. ascended to like their own league? Yeah, yes. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Nobody, care. Nobody cares. Like, really. Eventually, they're just going to get apathetic on their own success. <laughs> it's like Division One is now broken into FCS, FBS, and whatever Bam is doing. <laughs> Right, you're on some Dr. Manhattan shit. Go play on another planet. <laughs> well, Go build now, crystal footballs. Now, now you're picturing a nude blue Lane Kiffin. Congratulations. Like I don't every day. Usually am. <laughs> All you need to know about the rest of that box score, Cooper Bateman has a line. That's it. Ooh, Cooper boy. Bateman Oof. got the one and Copper only Cooper Batman. Copper Batman. Um, Got some playing time. So, yeah, whatever, Alabama. You're awesome. Nobody cares. But the number two team in the nation, well. Uh-oh. Yeah, that'd be, Cle- that'd, be, that'd be Clemson. Let me tell you a few things about Clemson. Because everybody's comparing them to 2014 Florida State. And I think that comparison's inaccurate because uh, it's not. They're actually a lot like that. Because eventually they were going to cough up a loss after playing a bunch of games and Coming up real close at the end, still squeaking through. Nope, they they finally, that lack of a run game and the defense bending and then breaking caught up with them as Pitt. Pitt! 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 <laughs> and Deshaun Watson throwing three picks on yeah. 80,000 attempts. Yeah. 78 because when you can't when you can't run the ball, you have to throw it so often that the potential number one pick is himself throwing picks. Yeah, um, they 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 turned they Pitt managed to turn Clemson into shrimp and grits cow 
Because yeah. they threw the ball 75. <laughs> so so here's what's sad. There have been 11, 11 instances this college football season, in FBS play at least, where a quarterback's thrown for 500 yards. Now, granted, uh, one of those games featured two quarterbacks who did that, so you already can get ha- a partway to this answer. Do you know what those quarterbacks' records are in those games? The, the combined record of those 11 uh, stat lines? One and ten. <laughs> Three and eight. Four and seven. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't good. One good idea is never to throw for 500 yards. It's it's I mean, a real good idea to never throw for 500. By the way, it's also a very good idea to transfer out of the SEC as a quarterback because then you got to go to some place like Pitt where if we told you that Clemson lost to Pitt, what player on the Pittsburgh Panthers would you assume had to have the game of his life? James Conner. Correct. Their star running back coming back from cancer would have to be the one person who would have to put up, I don't know, 30 carries, 240 yards, four TDs. No, that was not the guy who managed to put Pitt over the top against the Clemson Tigers. It was Nathan goddamn Peterman. Listen, man, we say, listen, Tennessee fans told us that Tennessee was going to have an impact on the playoff race this year. And just because (laughs) it didn't happen directly doesn't mean it doesn't count. Go Vols! Nathan Peterman, Tennessee transfer, who if you look up Nathan Peterman, Florida... The first result is a video titled Amazingly Bad Pass. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that happens with any quarterback's name in Florida, including quarterbacks who play for Florida. Correct. Even once who win Heisman. If you win the Heisman Trophy, <laughs> yes, we still can point to go, man, like, Tim Tebow couldn't throw a wash bucket out of a dang old extended country-ish metaphor. Yeah, that's, that's what Nathan Peterman was. He played one of the worst football games I've ever seen in just like 10 minutes of action against Florida in 2013 transferred to Pitt. Nathan Peterman against Clemson threw for 308 yards, five TDs and went 22, 37. <laughs> he was phenomenal. <laughs> he was astonishing against Clemson and they win. This comes down to Clemson attempting to run the clock out on their last possession. There were two, one yard down, third third and one, and fourth and one. And if you had ever watched any Pat Narduzzi's offenses at, or defenses at Michigan State, you know that fourth and six might be kind of a, I don't know, it could go either way. Fourth and one wasn't happening. They were selling the hell out, and Clemson ran on both downs and got stoned. So this is a joy. I love that Pitt won this game. They've had a couple, of, they've had at least three losses by tiny margins this year. They come back from a blowout to Miami to beat the number two team in the nation. So, hell, Pitt. I'm, I have nothing snarky to say about this at all, other than Pat Narduzzi can't decide whether he has facial hair, so he looks kind of creepy to me. Other than that, awesome. No, it was it was extremely good. It was um, – this is also the part where we talk about how maybe it doesn't matter at all, and if Clemson wins the rest of their games, wins the ACC championship game, they're probably still in the playoff. But why would we rain on your parade like that? Why would we make you think that this was not the weekend of ultimate chaos and destruction? Yeah, because yeah, I think Clemson's doomed. Yeah, Clemson's that's right. Screwed now. So is Michigan. They're both out of it. Take that to the Never, bank. Get angry. Eat your Never feelings. Tiebreakers. Eat your feelings. I'm a man. My heart pumps hot blood. <laughs> I like making children. I like eating food. <laughs> now Alex Jones Alex Jones is somewhere between Wright Thompson and Alex Jones, and I'm okay with it. That and Clemson does have the remaining part of their schedule uh, at Wake Forest and versus South Carolina. I cannot exaggerate the amount of mirth I would feel if South Carolina beat Clemson, not because I have any oh, particular... Oh, Jesus. Not because I have any particular animosity towards Clemson or fondness towards South Carolina. Quite to the contrary even though they did lose 20 to seven to Florida. What are you doing losing to Florida, South Carolina? Shame. Yeah, that, that was, that was fine. Um, here I, you know, okay. So if we're not willing to knock Clemson out, I'll say this. I'm not afraid. I don't think Boston college is making the playoff after losing to Florida state 45, <laughs> seven. We're a game where Jeff Jagosinski, the coach who was fired from BC for just interviewing for another job, which you could do. 
was was dragging them on Twitter. Say that's embarrassing, man. If you want to get back with the hero, lose the zero. Like on Twitter, basically. <laughs> he interviewed for an NFL job and they fired him for it. This happened ten years ago. The best coach Boston College has had um, in my in my like sports viewing lifetime. Granted, he's only there for two years, so who knows how good he was. But they fired him because he interviewed for an NFL job. And now he's now he's just slaying them on Twitter. I know this is I know this is old at this point, but let's go ahead and say it. Boston College four passes completed, nine punts. That's the spicy meatball. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's 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 a Boston College game for you. This is our, our Boston College blog. I'm in. I think it was the end of the third quarter. They just went ahead and put up the game recap. They just said, this this game's over. We're down by 35. We're next. Done. Friday night's over. And this is the only game on Friday night. That was brutal. Like a Friday night, it's supposed to be, all right, now Boise State's kicking off at 10-15. Mac Brown's already he, he clocked in. He's already clocked back out. All right. Let's go watch. Let, let's go watch it. Let's no, that was it. You should give us Boston College. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mac, just Boston College. Yeah, Mac Brown leaving the booth. I'll see you later. I don't need to go. be here. Neither do you. Let's make better choices. Neither do you. You can. You can. You can go watch. You can go watch House Hunters, Senior National Edition. There's a spoiled couple trying to find a flat in Hanoi for just three hundred dollars a month. I don't think they're going to get it. Copenhagen's a beautiful city and a better chewing tobacco. <laughs> Don't do chalk, kids. <laughs> but if you do, Copenhagen. Yeah, the, the smokeless tobacco with the smooth finish. Back, um, the FCC doesn't allow those. Uh, th- now, there there was a third top four college football playoff uh, entrant to lose, although this one was the one that felt the least surprising, I suppose, and that would be Washington losing to USC, USC by the score of... 26 to 13. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I don't feel like this is a huge knock against Washington or what they've done this season. They lost their leading pass rusher before uh, Joe Mathis before this game. They lost their leading tackler in the first half of this game. USC has, USC looks completely different from the first month of the season. And Jake Browning just, he, he for what, you know, Watching him against Stanford and marveling at the time he had in the pocket and watching him against this USC defensive line and Clancy Pendergast, uh, yeah, he just was – he was counting seconds almost before he snapped the ball. Yeah, I would I would caution anyone watching a replay of this game to put on the blast goggles and grab your most fireproof gear for watching what Porter Gustin – 45, the defensive end for USC does to his man on the line. Yes, it was, it was not humane at all. I, and it's not like Porter Gustin's been a machine in terms of production. He has it. I don't know what was up with Washington's left tackle. If he was hurt, but Porter Gustin spent most of the night pushing Washington's left tackle into Jake Browning. He had two sacks. He had uh, he, you know, he didn't even have that many tackles. He was just collapsing the pocket on every single play. And I no quarterback's going to be good under that kind of pressure. None. Yeah, and you know? um, they they took three shots at Adoree Jackson. One of them worked out because he had fallen on the ground. Uh, I'm sure there were other passes, but two two picks for him in this game. Um, man, uh, Adoree Jackson. Am I going to have to learn who what Clay Helton looks like? Is that a you thing? You might. You might. Uh, Adoree Jackson, after getting burned by John Ross, on I mean, getting torched. Yeah, by yeah. John he, he Ross. got he got Iverson is what he got. I mean, it's he not did. like the, he, he lost a foot race. He just false started and, and slipped in the blocks. I don't want. Uh, you said fell down. There's a reason he fell down. Yeah, yeah, that was that he, was kind of me. He got juked out of his pants, and that's a Dory Jackson who is an elite athlete. Yep, a, a physical marvel. All right, and an excellent football player. He posted he posted the vine on Twitter after the game with 
the frit with the saying, man, it happened. <laughs> and the crying, laughing emoji twice after it, which is <laughs> how, how fantastic is that? That yeah. Tory Jackson, after getting torched, posted it is like, ah, you know, I'll get it back. And he did. He did. Yeah. He got two picks. USC beating them. The most improved team. Uh, I mean, I was going to say Kentucky as the most improved team because they're coming from so far down to like 500, right? Yeah, but uh, they're they're in there. Penn State is in that conversation too, I think. Definitely, but I don't think anybody wants a piece of USC right now. Not right now. Not right now. And I mean, you know, what what's weird is I think one of Washington's best hopes for getting into for for resecuring a spot in the playoff is a rematch with with the Trojans in the Pac-12 championship game. Right now, that spot belongs to Colorado, but there's still time for that to change cuz I don't know. I think uh, just there was a lot of there was a lot of sort of watching that game where you were like, I don't feel like this Washington team based on this game can do anything and also Washington, we Oh boy, we got to talk about your resume. What's what's the best win on Washington's ledger right now? It's it's the Cal win, which needed a punt return at the end of the game. Which, but it's fine. Wins a win, and after that, it's pick your pick your very unimpressive Pac-12 North team. They let Rutgers score thirteen points on a man at the time. That didn't seem alarming, but now it's embarrassing. Yeah, and in addition to that, you are going to have a champion come out of the Pac-12 uh, who there's an extremely good shot that it won't be Washington. That, in fact, the Pac-12 could be won by a team that opened the season by losing to an FCS team. That would... <laughs> Go Cougs! Like, let's just do, I want to do a little quick cycle around yeah. young conferences here okay yeah, if yeah, we yeah, can yeah, yeah let's do it uh, okay. let's, uh, we should also um just so everybody you're probably gonna stop listening now because he's the only good host on this podcast but jason disconnected yet again and can't get back on so it's just the two of us we got this He'll we can back. make it if we try our son our, our son will come back no he won't <laughs> our brother the um, the the conferences in short the big 12 it just nowhere Absolutely nowhere. I know there are ways that you can write this scenario, this fantasy, so that we can get the Big 12 back in it. No, they don't. And after a round of championship games, we don't get that. So there's absolutely no way that the Big 12 gets back in. Not in any sort of sane world. The Big 10? The Big 10, in. Right? We can safely say that, like... The Big Ten gets in with you know like their one loss champion, then uh, they'll they're in the playoff. I okay. So, there is there is there is a chaos element there that I want to talk about because because most of the focus has been on well what happens if you know Michigan beats Ohio State, Penn State gets that spot, and I think if Penn State you know goes to the Big Ten championship game and wins, I think they probably go to the playoff. I, I don't think you you're definitely not putting them in over at that point two loss Ohio State. Are you putting them in over one loss Michigan? I, my theory is that the playoff committee is too worried about devaluing conference championship games to not give Penn State that spot. I could be wrong, and I and it really has nothing to do with who deserves it. But I think that's where their brains are at. But here's the scenario we haven't talked about. What if one of the West team wins? West teams wins. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, if it's Wisconsin. Oh, hey, he's back! Sweet <laughs> Lord! <laughs> yeah, I gave up on this podcast on my computer, and then my phone rang, and so and then I just picked it up, and I've been listening for the last minute. <laughs> and then uh, found, found, a, found a spot where I could... Where I could just jump right in, which was Wisconsin. Um, okay, if it's which Wisconsin, is in the top if, ten, if it's Wisconsin, which has a win over LSU, which sure. its only losses are uh, are our top ten losses, both by maybe doesn't both by seem one, to care about quality losses, but both by one yeah, they're score. both competitive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Wisconsin, if if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, I, I think I think they're in. What if it's Nebraska? 
Well, I mean, that's a bit, that's a bit too far. Yeah, that's, you're really, Ryan, you're really pushing it. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't say just... Nebraska's out. I mean, it, it, if, if, if Nebraska wins, that means they will have beaten either Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State. Uh-huh. And they will have lost to Wisconsin, <laughs> which that's a hell of a resume right there. Yeah. yeah. When you put those two games yeah, together, they, they, I mean, they, but so, they beat Oregon. So, so it's not, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm saying it's going to happen, but it's there. It's, it's out there and it's waiting. It's the one bad spot on the board where you're like, just don't roll a nine. Don't roll a nine. Yeah. They're going to roll a nine. Yeah, I think the Big yeah. Ten might roll a nine. <laughs> they might roll a nine. The ACC should be set. If Clemson gets through the ACC championship game, despite having one loss, they should be in on this. There are now, ways now, that now. Clemson could lose. But I think, but I think <laughs> here's the, the ACC, I feel like, is the safest because if, if Louisville and Clemson both win out and Clemson goes to the ACC championship game, I think even if Clemson loses, I think Louisville just slides into that spot. Probably, probably because so because it's be n- because it's not anybody from the coastal. Oh my god, no, 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 no. Although, man alive, everybody, <laughs> everybody in contention for that spot in the coastal has just an ass showing in recent, like as recently as this weekend. Virginia Tech, yeah, didn't do much against Georgia Tech guys. North Carolina, yeah, you lost to a bad Duke team. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do this. By- by the way, in case that team comes out, if you get like a, a North Carolina or Virginia Tech winning that side and then somehow beating a Louisville or Clemson coming out of that, that'll be the biggest waste of the ACC's star <laughs> talent ever. You will be incinerating the careers of Sean Watson <laughs> oh, and God. Lamar Jackson at their so, zenith. So North Carolina wins the ACC. The playoff is the playoff is Bama, Big Ten, Washington, West Virginia. (laughs) You won the Heisman (laughs) Trophy and have nothing more than that to show for that. Oh, (laughs) Oh, possibly two two best quarterbacks in the country. Yes, all for the glory of Mitch Trubisky winning the ACC, (laughs) which means North Carolina takes the Orange Bowl. Which means you know you have like either Clemson or or, or Louisville or, or whoever is way down in like the Russell Athletic. Yeah. Destroying whoever <laughs> just, 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 a furious, absolutely furious Bobby Petrino against Oklahoma State, or 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 this flopping badly because you spend the entire week <laughs> eating fries and drinking. Be like, holy shit! Mark Stoops beat Louisville in the bowl game after losing to him badly in the regular season. Extension. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar Jackson gained twenty seven pounds in a week. <laughs> Didn't know Orlando was that smooth. Wow. uh, We're getting getting reports on the sideline that they're calling a timeout because he's feeling farty. Interesting. (laughs) Just he's out for the third quarter with bloated. It's weird. (laughs) It's kind of so full. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, It is. All right. But I think what you're trying to lead us towards is a weird Pac-12 scenario. Uh, Am I totally wrong there? Yeah, just, just the, yeah, here, the, your weird Pac-12 scenario was this, that, and it's not implausible or weird, because if you look at the Pac-12 standings right now, there is one, one team that has not lost a game in conference yet. That team is Washington State, 23rd ranked Washington State, <laughs> ahead in conference See? over number, yeah. Ahead in conference. That team is lucky that E-Dub and Boise are not in conference. <laughs> <laughs> We're all lucky that E-Dub and Boise aren't in the playoff, man, because Washington State will finish with, like, this flurry of furious football and will stand in awe that these two teams somehow managed to beat them early on. Now, the Washington State, if they win in the Apple Cup, they'll advance to the Pac-12 championship game. Coming out of the South, uh, the current leader are the Colorado Buffaloes, which would give you the extremely 2000 matchup of Washington state, Colorado in the championship game in the Pac-12 championship game. And in that game, 
either one has completely blown the playoff their playoff like the Pac-12's best playoff contender, which would be Washington with one loss. And that's it. They're not going to put a two-loss Pac-12 team in. Now, so, now here's my secret hope. All of these things happen, <coughs> and the committee has to look at undefeated Western Michigan. <laughs> has to. Yes. I mean, at some point, at some yeah, point. Yeah, right. Like, like that's that. I mean, it sounds absurd, but there is a there is sort of a point where you're like, well, we have to at least talk about it, right? <laughs> we have to engage with we uh, we have to negotiate with these terrorists. They just <laughs> won't stop. They just won't stop being undefeated. Y'all, Western Michigan is the designated survivor. Kiefer. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so this week they beat Kent State. That'll probably drop them from 21st <laughs> or whatever to 23rd because <laughs> they dared to play Kent State. Um, next week they play Buffalo. That Oh, now you're down to 24th. But, so, I mean, at some point they'll trickle so, all the way up to like 17th, and then you just need, what, like 13 upsets in the final weekend plus your yeah. conference title bump, and you're right there in it. That, Spencer's right. That's how the designated survivor works. You need a lot of people to die, but you're on the list. Yeah, <laughs> and and PJ Fleck is right there, just perking up, waiting in a bunker. Like, well, guys, you get. Oh no. Okay. Well, now, I got now, this. you know what's going to be really funny if things go t- so far south that the committee's like, "Yep, Florida State, three loss, Florida State, getting in over undefeated Western <laughs> Michigan." <laughs> We appreciated their strength of schedule, <laughs> not the games they won against it, because there were not very many of those. That is certain. But the level of initiative they showed in playing yep. it. We we appreciated their uh, willingness to play in a Power 5 conference. We felt that Western Michigan's refusal to do so was impudent at best. <laughs> Western Michigan's longtime adamant refusal to accept a Big Ten invitation. <laughs> was just rude. <sighs> they would so, yeah. bring down our academic reputation to which you would point you would to which you would point and say, "Don't you have Maryland in your conference?" Shh. Shh. What's the acceptance rate at Iowa? Under Ar- Under have- Armour is a major. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Iowa has a writers workshop, damn it. Um there is one game uh, there's one top 10 upset on this list that I will confess to knowing nothing about except the final score. And that is uh, Ole Miss 29, Texas A&M 28. Can either of you help me? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I can. I can A&M was up big. And then yeah. they weren't. <laughs> and then, yeah, there you go. There's the entire story. There's also this, that A&M got up big. They were up 21-6 at the half. And in the fourth quarter, because by the way, in blowing that lead – the 21-6 lead, Ole Miss didn't even get started until the fourth quarter, <laughs> which is the best part, because Shea Patterson, after looking shell-shocked for the better part of an entire football game, in the last 25% of the proceedings, figured out how to play football and play really, really, really well. They managed to put 23 points on the board in the final quarter to beat Texas A&M. Uh, it's, it's breathtaking, really. Also, Ooh. Joe Hubenak, Joe Hubenak had a chance to uh, put this game away. And uh, Joe Hubenak threw it to somebody and they caught it. That person was not on his own team. We all make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Just lost in the game. That's all. <sighs> Brutal. Um, yeah. And the LSU. You uh, should know that you should, you should know this. You should know this too, by the way. One last thing for that. Yeah. A&M had a 21-6 lead. How many first downs did they have on the night? Oh, God. Thir- they had 13. How is that? No, that doesn't make sense. Nope. Mm-hmm. This is, you, I, have, I, have flagged, I have flagged this tax return for auditing. It is yeah. highly but irregular. You, you know how many Old Miss had? 30. Nope. 30. All of this, all of this, all of this is going, you're going to have to call your accountant. None of this makes a, a lick of sense. I'm very sorry. Are you, are, you saying, are you saying that an event involving Mississippi requires auditing <laughs> by the IRS. But over yeah, oversight. Yes. You, Shenanigans you spent, were had. You spent three point eight million dollars on catfish those years? Yes, yes. It was good. Oh, I'm sure we can come together in fellowship and have a have a 
have, spend some time together at the men's prayer bruncheon and just sort this thing out among friends. But my brother, brother Hugh has some documents you might like to take a look at. Small green documents, perhaps. Small green. What's this one say? Alabama killed a booster. Oh, well, that's that's obviously legal tender right there. We'll take that as a court argument. The other game that I wanted to point out as being extremely fun, and I really hope you watched it, was Penn State, Indiana. Until Because this is, again, the Indiana football experience in a nutshell. A tight, thrilling game that at the end of three quarters was 24-21. Then Penn State dropped 24 fucking points in the fourth quarter to just shut the door off. But but <laughs> that's not even the – I mean, yes, credit to Penn State. That's not even the best example of that scenario from this weekend because at the end of three quarters, Wake Forest was beating Louisville 12-10 to and they lost 44-12. to and you know what? For three you know, quarters, it looked like every Wake Forest game, and then at the end of the fourth, it looked like every Louisville game. Yeah, um, and it was a real shame because somebody on Twitter pointed out to me that um, Papa John's prized Camaro—it's Wake Forest colors. It's true. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like he scrapped Wake Forest and turned it into a car. <laughs> Which, all things considered, isn't the worst thing. Um, that's a third. By the way, that's that's a thirty-four point fourth quarter. <laughs> And Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Lamar Jackson was not even all that great in this game. He was he was good, but he was not amazing by any means. Uh, Louisville still just stomped him. Just ended up stomping him. It's a metaphor yeah. for life. You can hang in there as long as you want, but in the end, life is just going to stomp you. The big difference keeping Wake Forest in this game was pretty good assignment defense and three Louisville turnovers, which they turned into 12 points. 12 points. That's what you get off of three Louisville turnovers. 12 points. <laughs> Wake, Wake deserves some kind of medal for keeping this close because they did that and they had 214 yards on the <laughs> Louisville almost had 500 and they kept it so close for so long. 75% of an upset. You get credit for that, right? Yeah. I think Wake, they beat, they beat him in hockey. Doesn't hockey just have three periods? That's right. Yeah, That's so right. Wake won the hockey game. Congratulations on your Stanley Cup. 